Hey, Pro fans, thanks for your support. Whether you're subscribing to the podcast through iTunes, visiting pulpmx.com, streaming the show via the Stitcher app on your smartphone, or buying from our show sponsor, btosports.com, without you, we could not do this. You can still type M-A-T-T-H-E-S upon checkout at btosports.com if your order is $100 or more for a discount. Lastly, for some insider info and maybe a laugh or two, Follow Mathis's Twitter updates at twitter.com slash pulpmx. episode of the Steve Mathis Show, there is a high chanceability. You will either learn something a lot of people don't know. You left thinking or make you say to yourself Dude, that's so funny. The bottom line is, this podcast serves as archival documentation of this interview. Welcome to the BTOsports.com podcast show, brought to you by RacerX, hosted by Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast show, Seattle Supercross Wrap-Up. I'm your host, Steve Mathis. With me on the line is uh, RacerX's Jason Wygant. What's up, Weege? Aren't we all RacerX's? And a very tired David Pingree. What's up, Ping? Yeah. Yeah. Before we get into this race uh, um, and we dissect it and look at it, it's uh, 7 o'clock here in the morning on a Tuesday. I'm tired. Ping's tired. We just just got back from doing Arena Cross TV. He's not on his game, so we apologize ahead of time if we uh, sound like idiots more than usual. Um, Ping, give me your best Seattle Supercross memory. Uh, oh, jeez. You just threw that one on me. I know. My best. Uh, what do you think of? Well, what do you think of when you think Seattle? When you think uh, the kingdom? When you think the history of it and all that? Um, I actually like. I I think back to uh, like the old RJ days. You know, like mm-hmm. RJ and Wardy and those guys when it was it was really really motocrossy in there. You know, like the dirt's always kind of soft, but. It was, um, I don't know, rough, and it looked like a motocross track inside there. That's kind of what I think when I picture Seattle, and it's definitely changed, but the dirt's still soft, and right. it's definitely still bringing the motocross vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Weege, what do you got? Yeah, uh, when I think of, honestly, when I think of Seattle, I, I think of the Kingdom races as well. And I know it's weird because the outdoor stadium we have now, I guess, is almost more Seattle-like because you have to think about the, the weather conditions. Right. In the kingdom, it didn't matter as much, but the track was still gnarly. And I think the Larry Ward chicken, which we'll get the chicken later, 1990 battle, was the all-time peak, the highest point in the mountain right. of dirty riding. 
which is to me always worth something. Yeah, yeah, that's that was epic. Is, is, yeah. is that a peak or is that like a valley? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. You're right. A low, it was the high point of the low point. Um, it was the era I think that had the most block passing, and it was the race in that era that had the most block passing of them all. So that's pretty significant. Right. To me, I think of uh, as a young aspiring mechanic. I think of working for Ty Birdwell and how he made his first main event that with me at Seattle. And we're on the line, and I'm like, hey, maybe we can, you know, do something. Maybe we can get a, a tenth. Maybe a factory guy will scout us, and maybe I'll get in a factory truck. Didn't happen. And then also – a lot of people think of that when they think of that race. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. And then, uh, and then um, David Villeman wearing weirdo gear, you know, pitting with FMF box truck, coming out and working everybody and us going – who is this dude? Like a '98 or '97, whatever. So, good times. Mm, yeah. Um, I love Seattle. I love that city. I love Washougal. I love Seattle. I'm gonna move there one day. Great cities. I mean, I love it. You I mean, aren't moving. I, I might. I feel. I bet up. you don't. I, I I don't know. I love it up there. I love the Pacific Northwest. It's a cool area. I, I think good everybody people. does. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you say, Ping? It's just good people up there. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Beautiful, too. The ratio of, like, nice people to jag-offs is really skewed in favor of the good guys. And that's that's rare these days, you know, when you go somewhere. That's cool, man. It's clean. It's a nice downtown area. It's got water, trees, you know? Like yep. a tree no trees color. or water anywhere else in the world. You're right. Oh, I live in Vegas. <laughs> I am <Yeah>. in Vegas. <laughs> Rocks and ducks. What is the ratio of um, jagoffs to cool people uh, where you live currently in Southern California? Bro. Say, bro. <laughs> really, it's really not a good ratio. I, I, one place I'm not moving is Southern California. Really? I hear you, dude. I don't. I'm gonna come live with you. Just to get out of here. Uh, I don't. I mean, I'm. I've been out of there for five years now, six years. I don't miss it. I mean, a lot of friends are down there, and the industry is down there. But, dude, SoCal is. Yeah, I don't know. I guess you got to be from there to really love it. I think if you're really, really, really rich and you can live in the cool parts, it's nice. But I'm not. I'm not like Ping. Um, all right, let's get into this race. Um, uh, crazy, crazy night in the fact that uh, the track was more of an obstacle than anything else, huh, Weege? I mean, the, the guys, there wasn't a whole lot of racing going on because the guys were just trying to stay upright. Yeah, and I think it did at the same time show, you know, there was a clear separation between the guys that could really handle those conditions well uh, and not. You know, it, it was instant as soon as Kevin Wynn was on the track that, this one worked better for him. He was able to close the gap on the guys instantly. Um, kind of like the same way, and I was kind of surprised it didn't work this year, but, you know, Brock Tickle last year, all of a sudden it was like, oh, Tickle's going to win, even though he had never won a race before. Mm-hmm. So it really does separate everyone, but that's about it. It doesn't necessarily lead to good racing. It was like watching a mud race, people just trying to not crash. Yeah, yeah. And surprisingly enough, the guy that won, the guy that makes a lot of mistakes, didn't see too many from him. He was on point. James Stewart. Well, well, yeah, but uh, 
we had a fill-in on this podcast last week, and uh, just a genius, amazing performance yeah. that he did. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I, I can't believe that we don't use him more often. Maybe yeah, he awesome. came through. No, he did. He, he came through big, and and he said everyone's talking about Wyndham and guys like that, but I've been lapped by James Stewart in those conditions, and it's as if I guess he's he's always good, but it's almost like he's even better there, and it sure seemed that way. I mean, he had a nine-second lead on, what, the third lap? Yeah, yeah, JT did cut, definitely call that when we were talking about potential winners in the ruts and the in the shittiness of Seattle. He, uh, he Which is strange, because yeah. just saying that you think James Stewart is going to be one of the faster guys really isn't right. that prophetic, but... I see where you're going with that, Steve. You would think, oh, man, I don't know. In those gnarly conditions, he could be going end over end. Yeah, who knows, but, you know. Yeah, exactly. He makes mistakes. But, no, I guess that's not, his history there is actually pretty clean. All right. Uh, um, Ping, what did you see watching it uh, Watching it uh, on TV? It, yeah, it was just a lot like – it looked a lot like last year where, you know, if you remember the ruts from last year, it, it wasn't – guys were literally just paddling all the way through them. You know, it wasn't even a racetrack. It was more of an obstacle course and – this year, it looks like they brought in a little more clay. It was a little better, but maybe even worse because they brought the clay in. You know, like the ruts were stickier, where last year it was more just kind of sand. Yeah. Yeah, the guys made a comment. They thought this year was tougher, and it was all new dirt. So good eye on that, Ping. Yeah, so just, you know, like like you said, it, it's a bummer. <laughs> the, the one triple was so flat because they were trying to, you know, flatten the faces down so they wouldn't run up so bad. But it's like... The guys were only about 10 feet off the ground. That's what it looked like on TV. I'm like, yeah, this looks like where they used to lay a, a trailer bed you know, out yeah. for a jump face. <laughs> kind of looked like Rick Mellon style. But um, You know where the first – you know who you know who the first people were to do? To, you know who the first people were to do the whole let's put a flatbed trailer and put a dirt on it and put a landing? Ultra Cross? No. Canadians. Canadians. Oh, jeez. Yeah, they, they downloaded their beer off of it and they, they, dropped it off the truck and laid her down. What they've been doing that since the early '80s, flatbed trailers. Brilliant, I think. Mm-hmm. Just brilliant. But <laughs> hey, Pink, did you race in Vegas one year where they where you had to jump over a tractor trailer or something like that? They made a jump out of a tractor trailer in like the mid '90s to get everyone over the locker room. Um. Tractor trailer. I don't remember there being a tractor. I remember going over the locker room. Yeah, me like too. Like your Trittler jumped onto yeah, the back. Year, oh, it wasn't a tractor trailer. It was just going over the locker room only? Just yeah, you went over, over the locker room. And they, they may have laid something on top of it, but I don't think it was a tractor trailer. No, I don't think so either. I mean, I was still a mechanic when we went over the locker room one year. Wow. So they just built a jump up onto it or just put dirt over the roof? Or... Yeah, uh, I don't remember the structural layout of it, but yeah, yeah you just... <laughs> right over the top of the thing. Hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, surely they laid something down across the top of it, you know. But can we uh, can we all agree that uh, Stewart has to run the table to to have any sh- any shot at all? Ping. Oh yeah, I think I think even doing that, he's right. He's still uh, something big's got to happen behind him. And I think he's got a good chance to run the table. I mean, he's got—he's the one guy with really no pressure. It's like, well, I have to win, or you know, I might as well stay home. Yeah, that's what so. we were talking about last night. He's nine points back. Um, we were talking about that last night on the on the Pulpomex show. Um, Button brought that up and just said, "Hey, or maybe Villeman," and just said uh, he's got the least pressure at anybody. But I, yeah. I mean, 
I don't know if he does because he he was the favorite. You know, he's the he's the superstar of the sport, and he may lose this title. So to me, that's pressure. You know, but I guess at this point, he's he, he needs to just win and, and not worry about anything else. I think the pressure has changed now because I mean, to quote every single rider in the sport, it is what it is. You know what I mean? It is a nine point deficit. So I think for him to say. I can't believe I had two months of everything that could possibly go wrong go wrong, and now all I got to do is win two races, which you know he thinks that's easy. Right. And I got a shot at this. Like I don't think he can look at that scenario and be depressed, um, twenty-two points back like he was like three or four weeks ago, and crashing every weekend. I'm sure that was a tough pill to swallow. But I think right. in this circumstance, I'd say he's probably pretty happy and probably happier with it than everyone else because everyone else has got to be feeling like. They've kind of let him sneak back in. So yeah, and it's put if he wins out, which he could very easily do, that puts a lot of pressure on everybody else. I mean, Villapoto can't even get two thirds, and I feel like everyone else is riding to not screw up at this point. So well, all season long, it's been a game of mistakes. You know, it's like yeah, every big loss has been oh, I did you know I made this big mistake, or I'd be I'd be up here. So for Dungey, yep. who broke a chain, but it's like everyone's had their night of ah, if I could just take that night back, you know, and stay on two wheels. So, yeah, that's what it's become. It's become who can minimize their mistakes, where Stewart's now going, well, screw it. I'm not, you know, I mean, might as well go wreckers or checkers on everybody's ass because mm-hmm. pretty much the only chance I've got. I, I would love to see Salt Lake, and I don't even really have a favorite horse in this race, like whatever, but I would love to see, it, you know, the top four just flip next weekend in Salt Lake. I'd love to see Stewart win, Dungey get second, Reed get third, and Villapoto get fourth. Oh. And go to Vegas, like, basically on top of each other in points. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't wow. that be insane? And that could that could easily happen. Yeah. yeah. Or it could totally not happen. Well, we're, all three of us are going to not, I mean, I'm not that James cares or listens to this show. We're going to all owe James an apology if he wins this because we all counted him out. We I, I put it on the line out there a few shows back, like, hey, um, you know, it, this is over for him, and when we all said it is, so. Oh yeah. 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 I I still go yeah. back to last week. I feel like Dungey. Okay, uh, Villapoto and Reed didn't have a good start last week, so there's nothing they could do. I feel like Dungey didn't race him as hard as he could have, and yeah. I'm not saying Dungey could have beat him, but there was the probably the first time really ever that James Stewart was ever on the ropes in his career, <clears throat> and he didn't do anything to try to keep him there. You know, even just battle them for a couple laps and maybe have Stewart thinking, man, maybe these guys are. I think in one race last weekend, Stewart's like, ah, okay, actually, I'm good. Right. I just had a few bad weeks. I am faster than them. I'm going to win all these races. I'm not that many points behind. I'm good. Right. One race fixed that. In his mind, at least, which is really all that counts, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, yeah, it's, it's a couple of weeks of uh, some, some, some great riding, for sure. But again, Salt Lake City this uh, and after the week off um, is going to uh, present its new challenges. But Ping, let's let's talk about that week off. Um, you're a rider. Well, I, I mean, I got four Manitoba titles, but let's face it, I'm not quite on the level of you. Is this week off, which everyone's doing outdoor testing, is it going to benefit anybody? Is the is it not going to benefit? Who's it going to help? Who's it going to hurt? If anybody, talk about the week off and and the effects that it has. Well, I think the, the the guys with the pressure are not feeling it. I think they're just going, man, let's just get this over with, you know. Um, 
it's stressful, you know. I mean, yeah. how well do you guys sleep when you're stressed out really bad about something? You know, you, you just you don't sleep well, you don't, right. you just don't feel that good. And I, I'm sure it's getting to that point for RV and, I don't know, maybe not Chad so much. I, mean, he, I think he's kind of flipped himself into a role where he feels like the underdog. So yeah, to me, a lot of that might, might just be taking his own pressure off. We were know? talking about this last night with Button uh, on Public Mac Show, 6 p.m., Monday nights. Um the Chad's playing with house money at this point, right? I mean, no matter what happens, people are going to be like, oh, God, like that's just awesome. You're awesome. Great year, yeah. you know? So to me, the pressure is on RV or Dungy, right? Um, I, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. At the yeah. same time, the guy, obviously, Reed wants to win it bad. And, and you know what? To, I don't want to make it sound like Stewart's completely in the driver's seat here. I mean, We've seen this year that if you have a bad start, even he can't come all the way to the front. I mean, he has no margin for error. If Stewart washes out or starts 15th in either one of these races, it's pretty much over. So that's pressure, too. I think Reed's only pressure is that he wants to win it. You know what I mean? He's yeah. right there in the hunt, and he doesn't want to – he's still not going to be happy if he gets third in the series, even if he did it as a privateer, you know? So right. I guess it's less pressure, but yeah. these guys still want it. Yeah. Um, so, Pink, what about outdoor testing and all that? Like – we saw with Canard, should they just everybody should just stay off the bike and wrap themselves in those bubble <laughs> bubble wrap and just no, walk around. A, that's a that's really really a tough one because these guys that are in this championship chase legitimately and, and four of them are. You don't really want to take your eye off the ball here, right. you know. But at the same time, if you don't have a teammate to get your outdoor testing rolling and you know get the bulk of the the heavy lifting done, you got to do it. So. Um, I don't know where Metcalf's at, if he's back and riding and he can do the stuff for Dungey or um, what they got, if, if Weimer's doing the stuff for, for Villapoto. I'm not sure what's going on over there. Mm-hmm. but If you were a rider, you'd just be like, forget it, I do not want an outdoor test, if you're one of those guys? I would focus on what I'm trying to, you know, task right. at hand here. I just right. I don't think you take your eye off the ball at this point. There's too much on the line. and how much, does, how much does your bitterness have to do with your fact that your guy, Kennard, got hurt outdoor testing? I'm pretty salty. I, I literally drove by Competitive Edge that day. I was coming home from Mammoth, and I looked over and see the big the white whale, you know, that big testing van they have. Mm-hmm. And I saw Trey stand there with, like, you know, 15 Honda guys around. I'm like, oh, sweet. I get some outdoor test, you know, cool. Yeah. And this was like 1 o'clock or something. So I got home that night, and I get online and saw that. I'm like, no. Rumor. No. Rumor. <laughs> <laughs> so... So, so you would, as a rider, you'd be like, "Hey, uh, team manager, I, I'm good. I just please don't make me do it, right?" Well, I would definitely sit down and have a talk with him. You know, yeah, respectfully, just go look. <laughs> I'm in this. I, I don't, you know, let those other guys switch it up if they want. I'd right. like to stay focused on what we're doing. And, I feel like Reed. Uh, I feel like Reed doesn't need to sit down with his team manager. Yeah, Reed can probably see what he wants over there. Yeah. <laughs> He's the other team manager. James sits in a room by himself and argues. <laughs> Look in the mirror. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, I, I talked to Regal uh, about that, and he said they actually rode outdoors this week on their Supercross suspension because they don't have anything else. And he said it was really scary, really gnarly. And I said, so what's the deal? Are you actually riding outdoors? And he's like, I don't know. They just told me to ride outdoors. <laughs> so... And he thinks what they're going to have, since they don't have any notes to go off of, um, you know, the team has no outdoor experience. And I didn't realize 
hey, maybe you can touch on this. I didn't realize that makes that big a difference. Like, I figured, I mean, they have factory Yamaha guys at their disposal. Couldn't someone give them a ballpark? You should do this, do that. Yeah, for sure. Couldn't they at least. Yeah, exactly. They could. JGR, Valley, Motor Concepts, they all have to share information with the factory team. Don't they? Yes, and say, hey, this is what we've come up with. This is what we're doing. Uh, this works good. This doesn't. Yamaha could very well just be like, hey, um, whoever is in charge over there, um, please, um, you know, please do this and this and this to start right. the baseline outdoor testing. But I think well, that people that, say that they're going to have a baseline, but, but you're, you, there's the little subtleties and nuances of each rider. Yeah. That's what they don't have, right. you know. How does Kyle Regal like his Yamaha 450 to work at Millville? You know, right. these guys who've been riding the same bikes and go, oh, yeah, we, we, you know, we went in and we slowed the rebound down this much. We did this. We pushed the fork, you know. Yeah. And it worked better. Or we tried this. It didn't work. You know, you, you have things you can, if you've been on the same bike or team for a couple of years, you know, you can go back and there's definitely little things that help you. Right. Yeah, I, I, uh, I think they're doing outdoors from what I hear. So we'll see. Well, Regal said that they're going to actually send Dubach out to do some testing for them. Doug Dubach, 40-some-year-old Doug Dubach. But he did say it's at Glen Helen, where Dubach's probably uh, about as fast as good as anybody. So maybe that's what yeah. But, um, So, yeah, so we got a week off, and everybody's going to chill from here on out. Um, what do you think about RV? Uh, Weege, I talked to him after the race. He said to me that uh, he's got to get a win. He's got to get a win. And uh, – He's lost his little bit of magic that that he had at the beginning, huh? Yeah, I was happy to actually hear um, that he said that, that he wanted to win, because I, I think that seems to be almost the issue. I, I know at the beginning of the year we said, you know, Villapoto doesn't get lost upstairs. He doesn't think about these things too much. But I think no matter who you are or what your approach to racing is, it's pretty hard to be leading this series for this long, have that points lead dwindle down to this, you know, feel like it could possibly slip away when you have to have felt like you had it at mm-hmm. one point uh, and just completely ignore that. Like, I don't think he's a, he's a head case kind of guy at all. Right. But you can't stare that much in the face and not be affected by it. So I was happy no. to hear that he's bummed about, you know, not winning races as opposed to he's trying to back it in because the backing it in isn't going to work. So so I think and and this, 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 you know, this will be – Obviously, the biggest championship he's ever won. He's won plenty of titles and and everything, but you know this this or the, or the outdoor title really solidifies you as a legitimate guy who made it. You know, and I think, right. like you said, I don't think I don't care who you are, how calm you are upstairs. This late in the game, with a points lead, with this many guys right up your tailpipe, it can't not affect you. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And uh, but he's lost his he's lost his mojo Whoa. a little bit. What is going on? Are you at a coffee house? Someone just dropped some dishes. We cannot get through one of these without something happening, <laughs> except for me. Thank you. Except for me. I know your babies are always quiet. No, I don't have babies. I have dogs. There you go. Uh. <laughs> Um, well, I, I will go ahead and claim the dog now? attack. Okay. Yeah, remember being at a dog attack. I don't have dog, the dog attack. Yeah, true. Um, but uh, uh, yeah. So, what about what about Dungey's ride on the weekend? Um, he, he looked like he got he got taken down um, in a kind of a bowl turn crash with some other riders. But uh, at one point, I looked up the lap times, and uh, he was the fastest guy on the track for a couple of laps. But like everything else, it was such a 
you know, one one lap you'd be good, next lap you'd be two seconds slower because who knows something happened. So, but uh, I thought he rode pretty good on the weekend, all things considered. He came from the back, Weege. I know, and that's what makes you realize it's, uh, it's unfortunate the way this turns out. But so much of this analysis that we can give about conditions and pressure and testing and time off and injuries and approach to racing and all that, these guys are so close that it might just come down to not getting a start or having something like that happen. Right, you know what I mean? Right. And there's, with this little margin for error, I mean, Dungey, I think coming into that race, a lot of people thought everything was starting to swing Dungey's direction, right? But now he gets a fifth. Well, that changes everything. Right. Um, and the same thing that happened to him can happen to any of these guys over the next two races, or even if they went into Vegas close. So it's kind of a bummer to know that, that this thing can change in nine seconds off the start or on the first lap, something like that. Yeah, I know exactly. Uh, any surprise to you? Um, any surprise to you, Ping, about uh, 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 Wyndham? Um, yes and no. I mean, he's... He's definitely been off this year. I, I knew he'd be better in these conditions, but I think even given that, even the fact that he won here last year, I'm still surprised he went this, you know, he stepped it up this much. Um, you know, fastest qualifier, wins his heat, second in the main. I mean, yeah. even knowing what he did last year, and, and he is great in the mud and the ruts, we know that, but I, I don't know. I was a little surprised. I thought he'd be in the mix more, but. Uh, you know, maybe maybe a third, but probably fourth or fifth. You know, but right there, so second. Geez, yeah, I was surprised. Stoked for Kevin, but right. I think that was a little bit of a surprise. Right. Um, I think we saw the 800s best supercross race in a long time. He passed yeah, Wyndham at, at one point. He passed Wyndham. He, he did. He caught and passed him. He was going after Reed. He was yes, going yes, after Yes. Him. I'm, I am what? going to the front. I am Michael Lessie. Hear me roar. I am going to the front. What is responsible for this? I think just the conditions, huh, Ping? Yeah, I mean, obviously he likes, you know, mud and ruts and motocrossy technical stuff like that. He's, I think it just, um, whatever's going on in, in his little brain up there about where he belongs in Supercross or wherever his hang-up is there, this sort of cleared it, you know, because it wasn't a typical track or layout. And, man, he rode good. Really good. Yeah, and his crash, he got up quick. His crash was pretty bad. Got up quick. Yeah, yeah, he didn't lose that much ground. I also wonder, he and Short looked really good at uh, at different moments. Short got screwed in the main event because he was in that big pile, but he got 10th anyway. Uh, and really came through pretty well. And he was pretty – you saw 29 a little bit higher on the practice board. I, I felt like throughout the day he had his moments, which makes me wonder if that bike – and I don't want to just say it's a 350 thing. It could just be the geometry of that bike or whatever. It seemed like they both were further to the front than usual. So I wonder how the conditions played out. Maybe that helped them. Yeah, Shorty rode from dead last to ninth before stalling it and finishing 12th or 11th or something. Um, yeah, I got 10th, I think, in the end. Yeah, he got 10th. No, um, so I thought it was a really good night for both, which makes me think that there was something to I mean, Alessi was night and day. More night and day than even Wyndham. Like, that was unbelievable to turn around. So I've got to think. Yeah, I, I don't think that's the bike only. I mean, maybe that bike might have worked a little better there, but. Shorty got 10th. It's not. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thanks. We both already said that. I don't think that bike made that big a difference. I mean, there's no way, you know, I'm sure that it does turn a little easier and it's a little lighter feeling, but. That was a completely different Michael Essie than we've seen all year. Yeah. 
And you know the thing it makes kind of kind of I'm stoked for is that um, it shows me that he's ready to go outdoor racing. You know, you know because that track was more motocross than supercross, really. Right. And uh, at least had a motocrossy flair. And so when we go outdoors, I I think you know upstairs he's already ready for. It. I think he might be a player, which is great. Add another guy to the mix, you know. Yeah, on a, on a four fifty too. He chose a four fifty. For those who don't know that, I think a lot of things are playing in his hand. The fact that there's a good chance that the rest of these guys are going to come in a little underprepared because of what we were talking about earlier, or at least mm-hmm. he'll think so. And he's on this bike that at least he thinks is going to be better. He's like he really thinks the 450 is better, and he's going to really feel prepared. You know, all these things. He'll he'll have the mindset. Can I use the term mindset? Is that all right? Oh God. Yeah. I think his mindset coming into Hangtown. He's going to have to be so pumped up. And even if it's some of the reasons aren't legit, that doesn't matter, right? As with, long as you believe with, it. With them, I don't think it matters. They live. Yeah. They right. sort of live in their own little world. Swallow, right. Mathis. What is in your throat? It's something big and gooey. No, I'm just, I'm okay. I'm good. Yep. All right. All right. I'm just tearing. I'm tearing up thinking of Mike. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. It's such a, such a good ride. Oh, God. Um, I talked to DeCoster after the race, and he said that he's been telling Mike to do not wait for outdoors. Why are you waiting for outdoors? The guys that win outdoors are usually the guys that win indoors. It's not that different. And I said, so you just told him that tonight? What took you so long? And he's like, no, I've been telling him that all year. Yeah, they 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 tried to get out of racing the last three or four races indoors. Tony, They tried to just not race at all? Yeah, Tony, tried, Tony did not want to do the last three or four races, Supercrosses, oh to, to prepare for the outdoors. It's like the collarbone um, break that lasted, you know, whatever. Um, but I guess Roger obviously pulled the plug on that, right? Yeah, well, I think he said, you know, right. you're not you're not getting any. The guys you're going to have to race outdoors, it's not like it's a whole different sport altogether. Yeah, like, yeah. I bet you Dungey and Villapoto and Reed and Stewart are probably going to be some of the faster guys there, too. <laughs> you might want to race them. <laughs> just, just throwing it out there. But when your when your season's going as bad as his has been going, um, sometimes it's it's like you just got to stop the beating, you know. Like, right. take yourself out of that and try to rebuild your confidence and get focused on something else again. Right. So I can see where he's going with that. I don't think it's a completely bad idea, but uh, obviously a night like that last night or Saturday night goes a long way towards, you know, getting him feeling like okay, I can race with these guys. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not complete tool like i have been all year i'm not a complete tool like i have been all year <laughs> i don't think the, those that's the that's the mindset i don't think it is that's not the mindset you want Mm-mm. no i'm a complete tool um funny uh, <laughs> <laughs> i'm no jeff emig but i don't think that's the mindset you want it's on the back of your pants <clears throat> introducing michael lessie the complete tool <laughs> <laughs> Um, hey guys, thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast show. It's that time. Time for a commercial. Thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com podcast show. Please don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bike or body. You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off, or Smith Piston goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped anywhere in the USA for free. Or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. 
Check it out at btosports.com. Racing since 1970, O'Neill is the original American MX company supplying fine apparel, protection, and accessories for over four decades. O'Neill is proud to support top racers worldwide, including the Moto Concepts Yamaha Racing Team in the U.S. Supercross and Outdoor National Series. In 2010, O'Neill worked with top racing professionals, including Grant Langston, Tim Ferry, and Ricky Dietrich, in developing its all-new 2011 line. O'Neill's hardware line is the toughest money can buy and has been critically acclaimed for durability, fit, form, and function by Motocross Action Magazine. Hardware pants and jerseys are designed to function while putting you ahead of the pack in fast-forward fashion. When it's time to gear up, check out O'Neill.com or an authorized O'Neill dealer near you. Hey, funny, funny moment ping in the press box. I thought, um, Weejen, you mentioned it earlier. Um, the 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 big boss of Kawasaki USA uh, in charge of all racing, guy named Yoko, uh, Japanese fellow, um, speaks pretty good English. He's been here. Usually, they usually come over for five or six years at a time. These guys, and then they move on back to uh, the the motherland in Japan. So he's the big boss. He's Mike Fisher's boss. He determines all racing, and I've gotten to know him well because yes, I'm around the truck a lot. So. He came up to the press box looking for a seat. It was all jammed, except there was one seat that he probably wishes he never would have took. Oh, yeah. And that's the seat in between me and Weege. It was open. Yeah. And, uh, and I offered it to him, and uh, we had a good time. Uh, Weege, maybe explain to, explain oh. to Ping um, what we thought I, was the funniest. I'm telling you, man. Mathis, it, it, was, it was 99% you. You were on your game. First thing Mathis says to the guy is, Chad Reed, very good. Shouldn't have let him go. Bad move. Great rider. Going to win the championship. Bad move. Shouldn't have let him go. And he started laughing so hard. Yeah. And, the, the, and then you told him about your 80. Oh, I had an 89 KX125. Bike completely sucked. Totally sucked. Well, this guy, then, this guy was in charge of chassis development. He from, said that was my creation, that bike. Yeah. From, was like, oh, no, it was great. From awesome bike. 86. From 86 to, like, I don't know, 94, he was chassis, and then from 94 on or 92 on, he was in charge of total development of the production bikes, and then he moved on to racing. <laughs> so I started, like, but, complaining about my foot peg springs in the late 80s on those Kawasaki's were shitty, and the plastic would break, and I broke a gas tank, and, you know, and the bike was slow, and my... And you accused his brother, yeah. you accused him of having a brother that worked at the cheap foot peg spring factory. Right. Right. Getting an inside deal to put cheap foot peg springs on Kawasaki. Yeah, this guy, and he's laughing, but he's probably watching the races, and he's probably just like, oh, my God. So then I yeah. said, I said, okay, so you've been a Kawasaki employee for over 25 years. Who's your favorite racer ever? I mean, he's got, he's got Ward, Lachine, RC, um, Stewart, Villapoto, you name Stewart. it. You know, Stuart, he, Stuart, he yep. could have picked anyone. His favorite racer ever at Kawasaki was Chicken Matasevich. Loved chicken. He loved chicken. <laughs> he had pictures of chicken on his phone. Yes, he, then he opened up his phone and showed pictures of chicken with his wife. Yeah. He doesn't uh, have pictures of any other rider in your wife either. either. What's that, Ping? You don't ever take pictures of chicken in your wife either. That's a, you know, <laughs> that's just a bad move. Uh, no, it was Chicken's <laughs> wife or Chicken's girlfriend, oh, not, not the guy. Um, 
still, uh, still a bad idea. Still a bad idea. Still a bad idea. <laughs> anyway, doesn't this... have any other pictures of any other rider. Yeah. And then he even said, he even said, chicken very lazy, lazy. He not trained, but he still loved them. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of tattoos. Not really a fan of tattoos, but still loves them. Yeah, still loves well, chicken. Did he... Did he get to be tight with him when he when Chicken raced in Japan? I think what, so. Why yeah, did he like him so? yeah. I think I think that was it when Chicken went to Japan. I think Japan. that was a big part of it. Yeah, that was a big yeah. part of it. Um, sure. You know, I'm like, you know, Jeff Ward. Like, no, not not Ward. No, 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 Chicken, Chicken. Jeff, chicken. very funny guy. Very funny guy. Love Chicken. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then we asked we asked, well, why did you hire Chicken to manage the team? And he just laughed and said, No, 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 no. Chicken not managed. Chicken's not not gonna not a manager. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> chicken was way better than Fisher. Yeah, oh, you just hired him. right. Like if you love chicken so much, yeah. So Ben Mathis went into just, just completely destroying the guy for letting Ferry go. Yeah, yeah. I said Kawasaki hadn't been the same since he let Ferry go. Company's the whole gone, brand has company, obviously just gone completely downhill. Company's gone downhill. Should should have never let him go, even though he couldn't walk. Should have never let him go. <laughs> and then you know, throughout the night, he was he was laughing at all Mathis's jokes. Otherwise, completely. Oh no! In the heat race. Cole Seeley and, oh, yeah. and Tickle race to the finish line, and Seeley edged that Tickle, and Mathis goes, man, you can see that Honda horsepower just totally out drag race that Kawasaki, <laughs> all that Honda horsepower. <laughs> so, he was totally unemotional through all of this, but Mathis, did you notice the last lap of oh, the yeah. event with Villapoto and Reed? Oh, yeah. See what happened? Yeah, not. He yeah. got into it. Right, yeah, he he was into it, and when, when RV got snuck inside of Reed he was, and didn't get it, he... T- Wow, yeah, lots of emotion there. Um, that's yeah. a big deal. Just screaming, you know? go, 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 for about a minute and a half. Yeah. Last lap and a half. <laughs> uh, Reed wasn't happy with that move, but t- there's nothing there, right, Ping? Uh, there's nothing. Like, that's that's fine. No. It's, right. Reed's not happy because it happened. Right, so. right. But if you're a racer, if that's Pedro Gonzalez, you're sticking it in there every time, right? <laughs> every time. Right. All day long. <laughs> All day long, I'm sticking it in there. Um no, Reed told me that he was cool with it, and he would have done the same thing. Oh, okay. Let me tell you. Well, he didn't tell me that, but uh, uh, oh. uh, Mike Williamson, RV's mechanic, said that Reed was steaming afterwards. Like, literally, it was kind of cold there. Yeah, good point. It literally just yeah. doesn't happen. Yeah, good point. Um, hey, um, I look a little bit like a genius. Usually I look a lot like a genius, but I look a little bit like a genius because I wrote in Racerhead that Sealy, Cole Sealy's 450 uh, performance – on the uh, other coast would help him when he went back to the West because of the time off the other guys had. And, you know, everyone's kind of hurt. And uh, lo and behold, he wins it in a great ride. Um, am I am I on the right track, Ping, or do you think it was just uh, something else? No, for sure. You know, he even said it was um, not even just the, the extra races and time on the bike, but going back East and getting in some of those softer tracks where there was ruts, you know, the rest of the guys at West haven't really had much of that. Um, right. San Diego was a little ruddy, muddy, but more like slimy mud or sloppy mud. It wasn't ruts and sticky like that. So right. I think Cole was just comfortable right away in it. He'd been, been riding in it, and um, and you get a whole shot. That's just, mm-hmm. what are you going to do? You're putting yourself in a good place to win. Yeah. Are you sticking with your Tomac call? Well, I have to now. It's like, you know, I've already... Right. Sort of put it out there. I'm not taking it back. I, he still, he still could do it. Yeah, absolutely. No, Vegas mm-hmm. is going to be nuts. So you know, you never really know what's going to go on down there. Yeah, I think that. Uh, I don't know. I don't think Vegas is 
Tickles Forte, like that hard pack, you know, blue groove. Um, Hanny still, I don't know what's going on with his hand now. What's, what's the latest with that thing? I don't know. Dude, it's bad. It's broke. He had surgery. Dude, so much heart. Oh, God, dude. So much heart. The, the plate was sticking up through his hand, through his glove. It was a metal plate. I mean, it depends on who you listen to, you know? Mm. I mean, what, I, what, I don't understand. What is the philosophy you're trotting out there, Mathis? Like, what? If you get hurt, the th- like the third time it's damaged, there's no longer any sympathy available? Is that, no, like, I don't understand no. Because you. <laughs> The different people you talked to in the pits had different stories. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, like the um, Mega Hanny fans were just like. Right. Like, oh, dude, he's done. He heard it. Yeah. He rescued a baby from a burning building, and that's how he heard right. it in the first place. The, the and... plate is sticking through his hand. I heard that. It came through his skin. Oh, Busted out. Thor had to. I heard that. No, I swear to you, I heard that. Thor had to make him a special uh, metal plate glove. No, I didn't hear. I made that part up. But, oh, okay. Um, they just had. They had. Greg King come out as a big mallet and just smash it back down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, um, so I don't really know what happened. I'm just saying you heard – I heard tons of different stories. I talked to Mitch. I said, hey, how's Hanny? He said, he's not perfect, but he's going to ride. <laughs> so that's, that's about all I got out of Mitch. I, I was a little surprised they didn't uh, – and maybe it was because Hanny got Morris kind of right at the end, but I was surprised they didn't have Tyler um, drop back. You know, yeah. He got a fifth. No. It's like, you know, Mitch, whatever. Mitch told me a couple years ago, they don't play that game unless it's the last yeah, race. Yeah, well, bull, bull shizzle. They uh, play that game. Unless at this stage in the game, you know, is not anywhere in the points at all. He's, he's not even on the podium here. Like, who gives a crap if it's fifth or sixth? Right. I let my guy go by that's, you know, I'd, I, I don't know. I'd let the guy go by that's in the points lead and, Toss Rattray a thousand bucks under the table or something. Well, there ain't no thousand buck difference between fifth and sixth. I know, but I'm just saying for the pain and suffering, if you will. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, is Hanny is Hanny blowing this thing, Ping? I mean, is he? You know, he had a crash in the first practice, crash in the second practice. You know. Well, um, it's not good. Whatever he's doing here, not going well. Uh, he's definitely let. Let Tickle, you know, build some momentum. I don't, it was it's weird because, you know, I think Tickle has been kind of off all year. I've expected him to be better. Am right. I the only one? Like, I've expected Tickle to be. I, I have, too. He hasn't taken that I pro agree. circuit step up that I thought he would. No, I mean, right. he's leading the point, so it yeah. probably sounds stupid to complain. I just I okay. thought, man, he's going to be a beast on this bike, you know. Right. Look at us three old, and, uh, bitter old, you know, media guys saying he sucks. Yeah. He no, he doesn't suck. I'm no, not saying I that. Know, I, I really know. like Brock, but just, you know, I think I just expected him to be improved more than he did, I think. You know, because I think he could be where he is now on that star bike. Like, he was, I don't know, his starts are definitely a little better, but he's, anyway, I thought he would have won a few by now. Don't even make me go back to A1 where I think he was cheated out of the win there. <laughs> oh, God. I'm not going to go there. Yeah. Just saying. Right, right. Um, not, but that was not his fault, though. Clearly, no, no. But clearly, Hanny's got to pull it together. And I, and I, I don't know how bad the hand is. If I asked you guys, I wasn't there. But um, was it? Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the big question. If is it going to be okay for the next well, by the next two rounds or not? What was the problem in the main event? I mean, he won the heat race. He killed him in the heat. 
So what happened in the main? Was his fade from second to sixth due to his hand, due to pain meds, due to just not riding good? I don't get it because, to me, if you're going to be able to win the heat, and don't get me wrong, it's a gutsy performance. He's battling injuries. I got always, I always got to temper any Hanson comments because people get on me. But so, what, what was the deal in the main? Was it? I mean, obviously, he, him and I, I didn't call him. So, but um, <laughs> you know what I mean? How do you win a heat and then suck balls in the main? Is it possible? Yeah, I don't that know. Just, you know, it's getting worse, more painful, tracks rougher, more laps. Just isn't that possible? Mm. Totally, yeah, totally possible. It, it, but you think in a main event you're going to have even more adrenaline. Typically, that would mask mask it if it's a manageable pain. And if he's racing the heat race wins, it's probably a manageable manageable amount of pain. Yeah, maybe he just wasn't flowing that night. You know who knows? But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. On, in his in his favor, he won Salt Lake last year, even when it was inclement weather. So he probably is feeling good going there. He's fast in Vegas. That dude rides hard pack really, really well. If you remember last year, all those pro circuit guys battled, and the handy was right in the mix. So yeah. yeah. I think he's, you know, if you're just looking from here forward, tracks, locations, right? Um, he's looking pretty good. I think Tickle will go well in Seattle. Like I said, I don't think Vegas Salt Lake. is his type I mean, of yeah. place. Salt Lake. Um, sorry, what I say? Seattle. Anyway, uh, and Eli, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't. He hasn't really showed that he's bad anywhere. I've seen him ride hard pack like the wind blows. So. Um, I still, I, I still think that, Eli's. I don't know if that's good, Weesh. Uh, I have no idea what that means. Is the wind uh, riding on the wind blows good? Oh, yeah, he's he's fast on hard pack. I'm well, not worried about that at all. So I, I think I think any one of them, you could make a case to still win. Right. So that's good. That's that makes a good series. Sometimes the wind, you know, is just sort of mediocre. <sighs> not when it blows. Yeah, I mean, there's guys in a doldrum. Blows, it blows. That. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think Tomac. I, I I I still like what I'm seeing from Tomac right now. Um, I was talking to Jeff Emig about mindsets of a champion last year outdoors, and he said, you know, uh, we were running through these point scenarios going into Palo with Kennard behind Porcel, and he said the point scenarios don't matter. I'll take momentum over points anytime, and if you're trying to back it in and just hope that things fall your way, it usually doesn't. If you're going in there thinking you're the best guy and you're just going to win the races, and I feel like Tickle's just – doing okay, and Hanny's obviously jacked up. I was impressed when I talked to Tomac after the race. Like, he had a bad heat race, and he was honestly mad about it. And he said he rode his spin bike for an hour between their heats in the main or however long it was. He rode really well in the main once he got going. You know, clearly was better than Tickle and, and Hanson. And then after the race, I said, are you thinking about points? And he's like, yeah, I'm hoping this maybe gets in their head and puts a little pressure on them. So he's thinking about the title. He wants the title. He's riding well. And I know he's got some points to make up, but it's not like you can guarantee with Sealy and these other guys out there that they're going to get second if he gets first. I think he's in a good spot, and yeah. I think he wants it. I was a uh, let's continue to bash Brock Tickle here, but I was a little <laughs> bummed that uh, Tickle let that happen that way and that easy, and you know, I, I don't know, just yeah, whatever, you know. Well, I know he said <clears throat> he didn't want to use the collarbone. broken collarbone from two weeks ago as an excuse. Yeah. Full credit to him for saying to, that, but right. I think that might have been a factor. He was he was pumped up, so and I'm, I'm that indicates to me he hasn't ridden much. Right, I'm surprised that uh, Fro said he'll take momentum over the points. I thought figured he would say he'll take falling carburetors falling off and shifters falling off. 
you know. That's momentum, baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll take a shifter or a carburetor falling off over. Well, and here, here's here's okay. the other thing to think about. If if Tomac has what does he have? Seven points. It's not funny, Ping. Ping, that's not funny. What I said. I'm missing the reference. Uh, fro. Who's shifters? Ninety-one. Shifter Larocco, big points lead. Carburetor falls uh-huh. off. Shifter falls off. Fro, right. fro wins the title. But that's momentum. Yeah. That's I got a couple jokes I could make too, but it's they're off color, so I'm going to leave them alone. About me? No, they oh. involve a, a, a modified beer can and a bridge. I, I'm not even going to go there. Okay. It's just oh. moving on. <laughs> um, well, that was bad momentum no, at that wh- point for sure. <laughs> we just <laughs> clarifying what's momentum and what's not. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, I'm just saying, Tomac's got seven points to make up. So, <clears throat> you know, if, if one, if Tickle or Hanson can finish a couple seconds, they're all right. Even if Tomac wins out, but Seeley's got momentum. Emig has already pointed out to us that that is very important. Uh, also, do we, do we have uh, our our German guy coming back? I heard a rumor he's he coming back for the final two yeah, rounds. He's back for Salt Lake City at least. Yeah, is he back for Vegas? Vegas too. too yeah. Yeah, so there, there's your extra guy to get in there and mix up the points. So, Ooh, the Germans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ooh, the Germans. Das points for this. Das points. Us and Ken Raxen. Das Germans. Uh, what, about, what about Kyle Cunningham getting a fourth? Is that a surprise or is it like... All right, about time. Well, he uh, he had a great heat race. He, had a, he was the fastest guy in practice and... Uh, Stop me if you heard this before, Ping. He uh, he fell over in the main. Oh, he had a tip over. Unbelievable. Yeah, tip over. He was in third actually. <laughs> yeah. He was the first guy that got past Hanny, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he got by him clean. I was watching that, waiting to see if he was going to extract some San Diego revenge, but he yep. did not. Um, yeah. I, he told me well, that this is. I feel like I have seven races where he's fallen over in the main event. So Mathis, I don't know where you come up with this stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. I don't you know why. For the guy. I don't know why Weege. You and Mathis keep writing about him crashing. Him falling. Yeah. He's only crashed in six out of seven races. Right. Um, but he could be dead. But he keeps it on two wheels on. in the, the gnarliest track of the year. Like, No, he tipped over. Oh, never mind. Uh, I see that. Hey, uh, Ping, I talked to Nick Paluzzi, Snooky. Snooky. I said, hey, uh, Ping wrote that you were going to Rockstar Suzuki. Uh, is that true? Because if so, that's that's really cool. And he goes, he goes, well... Can't really say if that's true, but probably, yeah. And where does he find this stuff out? I go, it's Ping, man. It's Ping. It's Ping. Call Ping. Insider sources. I don't think he's supposed to say anything yet. Probably. No, he's not. He's not. Yeah. The cat is real out of the bag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. I feel like I I have a little bit of a rant to go on, but if I say it, it's just gonna make me look. Like you know, more of a Hanny hater than oh boy, than I already am apparently. So I'm not gonna say it, but no, let's let it rip. Come on, no, because it's, we... people will just be like, oh, dude, you hate Hanny, and I don't. I really don't. I really don't. It's right, just well, just put it out there. You don't have to rant. Put it out there. It and just Weege and I rant. It just strikes me as odd on Twitter in the pits with with industry people with teams. You know, Hanny's got more heart than anybody. He's no quitter. You keep it up. You've got so much heart. And he does in the fact that he is riding through injury. He is, you know. But 
he doesn't. I mean, he publicly came out in interviews and said he quit. You know, he had no heart back in the day, and he didn't care, and he didn't want to try his best. But yet, I feel like we all praise the dude for having so much heart when a guy like Trey Kennard has never given up, or James Stewart, or almost anybody. They never give up, and we just go, huh, oh well. But the guy who used to give up and now gives, now tries, we salute him. Why don't we salute the guy who's never given up? I don't um, know. You know what I mean? Does this make any sense? I guess the one thing I'll agree with you on is this. Why is he riding through pain? What caused him to be in pain? Crashing. He crashed. Yes. He crashed on his own, right? Right. Now, James Stewart has crashed on his own several times this year, and, I mean, apparently, according to some people, had no business even getting back on the bike in Daytona, and he found a way to not even get lapped, pull away from the leader of the race, and get ninth, and, man, are those points huge now, right? Right. But is anyone giving Stewart credit for heart this year, or is he just a reckless rider who corkscrews himself into the ground? Right. I feel like Hanny's getting extra bonus points for being so full of heart. That's what and he I'm... crashed yeah. on his own. No one's accusing him of being reckless or, you know, dumb or throwing it away or he had a points lead that was terrible. Um, yeah, he's just getting all the upside. Where other riders, I feel like, they, well, oh, he's choking, he's throwing it away. Hasn't been, has anyone said that? Yeah, has anyone said that about Haney? But yeah. it does seem like the ball falls on different sides of the court. Thank sometimes. you. Thank you. I, Thank you. I hear, I hear what you're saying, and here, here's why. Because Haney was such a dipshit before. <laughs> where he's at now is a, it's a huge improvement. You know, he's because honestly, his ride at Anaheim too was gritty. It was gnarly. L.A. too. I, I L.A. Think, was great. Great ride at L.A. Yeah, but I, I mean the, oh, the part that it took right, for him right. to ride yes. through that injury, right. and he really took a beating. Like right. he was a mess. So that ride really impressed me. Um, where a guy like Stewart, he's always been that way. He, you know, he's we've seen that dude ragdoll and get up and still finish the moto or, you know, come back the next weekend and win. He, that's what he always does. So I don't think it's – Right. People don't talk about it, even though he's probably got way more heart than a guy like Josh Hansen. Haney's made a big improvement where Stewart's always been that way. Right. I, I don't so, know. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, in the end, if Haney loses this title, he's going to be the guy that had, what, uh, a 15-point lead? Does anybody know? What, did, what was his peak lead? Yeah, it probably was something like that. It was never massive. He's going to be the guy that had a 15-point lead in the title, you know, on the on the on one of the best bikes in the class, and he crashed himself out of the title, you know, if he does not win it. And yet, he will be celebrated as having so much heart. But, I, I mean, again, I guess I just look like the hater or whatever. I drank some haterade. I'm just saying. I'm just like, I don't know. I think the difference is you are not an American – and the term is that America loves a comeback, and that's exactly what this is. But you as a Canadian, apparently Canada doesn't love a comeback. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, yeah, you're right. People do love it, for sure, and myself, too. Um, it's the redemption story. Right, I mean, right, that's what right. he's riding on, mm-hmm. which is cool. Right. And I find myself caught up in that a little bit, too. I mean, it, you're like, okay, the guy finally has it, and now this happens. Like, it does seem like a bummer, and so I guess you step back and think of it that way. Right. Perspective, Matt. This is all perspective. I'm just saying. I just. I'm just like. How about we celebrate the dudes that never give up? You know, like like the guy who got tenth place in the main last weekend, Garrett Stinky. <laughs> Has anyone ever heard of this guy? No. Somebody posted uh, on our awesome, 
you know, very fair and balanced comment boards at the end of our articles that um, how in the hell could Paluzzi get the Rockstar Suzuki ride? Jared Stanky smoked him, I guess, once. Now, I'm sure the, his name, his, his avatar name should have probably been like, I grew up next to Jared Stanky or something like that, yeah. I'm sure. MrsStanky.com. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, there you go, man. What about, what about winner's take all? Greg Crater. Oh, awesome. Guy, did you? I don't know. Did they show that on TV in the LCQ? I haven't been able to watch the show yet. Yeah, they showed it on TV. Yeah. Um, but I heard the announcers didn't know why he had that gear on. No, no. They didn't. Terrible. Yeah. Um, um, That's cool. Well, I, I don't know where he would get it from. What would possess Greg Crater to go out and buy that? But uh, uh, yeah, it's cool. Ping, comments? Not really. Wow. Nothing, nothing to really say about it. Wow. Hey, what about the first turn in the main event? Like, I'm pretty sure a flagger got railroaded. Yeah, a monster, a monster guy from da- from Davy Millsaps. Yeah, was he all right? Because, yeah, that was pretty dirty. I don't know. Mm. I can't tell who it was, but someone was, like, laying off the back of their bike. Their bike shot left and that was took Mil- off. Was that Millsaps? Yeah, it was Millsaps, yeah. And somehow Millsaps got up and had a great race to get a, a seventh or something. Eighth. Get eighth. Eighth, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I know. No, the guy got cleaned for sure. That's crazy. Um, what else we got? I thought Ryan Morris Braden would be wasn't be- there, man. Yeah. Braden was... He's got four sprain vertebrae, man. Is he going to be all right? I don't know. No, no, no. Are they, I mean, are they going to have to put him down? Why, why are we talking about Hanny and Hart? Why are we even talking about this? Right. Are they Brayton, gonna, dude. Are they going to have to put him down? Like, do you think he'll make it? If he can even brush his teeth this morning, I think we need to write a column about the heart that he's showing to even be able to do that. What about, uh, what about, um, um, Iswar going home now. He's done. Did you did you well, happen funny, to did you happen to listen to that interview I did with him? Anybody? No, of course not. Nah, uh, I read it. No, nah, but I, I I actually had a long one with him, six minutes okay. or something or whatever, four minutes. And he's a really good dude. He was a cool guy. I like him. Did well. He speaks well too. I mean, I didn't even know I didn't even know if we could do interviews with him when he first came over. I didn't know how well he spoke English. He speaks really well, actually. Um. Yeah, he's pretty funny, too. Um, he had some off-the-record comments about how it went with Canary last weekend and who owes who what. And yeah, yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. He wasn't happy about that. And he doesn't like the Purcell brothers, for sure. No, not going to invite each other to a uh, baguette no. party anytime soon. Um, anyway, I'm yeah, happy that yeah. Jake Weimer's going to come back and race. And not just wait till outdoors and then three rounds in say, well, I'm struggling because I haven't raced in so long. Right. We, uh, everybody seems to do that. We had um, Jake on the Pulp Mech show last night. And I said to, uh, to Berluti, I said, hey, if a, if a health, because Tony Berluti was in, I said, if a healthy uh, Jake Weimer is racing, where, where does he finish? And Berluti said, uh, eighth. And Jake got, oh. really, Jake got really offended at that. And uh, said, if I'm racing eighth, I'm not doing my job. Uh, I raced, I beat Kennard last year. Look what Kennard's doing. Um, I should be right there with those guys, with Trey Kennard, and uh, at that level. And eighth, I'm basically going to go hang myself. I got eighth, and it was uh, it was quite a, quite amusing. So, um, wh- where do you but see? I, it? 
What? I'd put him about, yeah, I'd put him six to eight. <laughs> oh, give him a call. Oh. Tell him that. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I mean, really? He thinks he's going to jump in after a whole year off? No, no, right? no. Those guys no, no. A healthy, if he was healthy. If it was, if oh, he came oh, in oh if he never got hurt. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's different. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. No, no, no. Now he says, you know, I mean, now he doesn't really matter at all that much. You know, he thinks he's going to do well, but whatever. He didn't lay it on the line now. So. Did you ever see him ride preseason? I never, I, I never I got to watch him. No, so. I never did. No, he was in Florida for a while, and I never saw him in Cali. I mean, I think he probably would have done well. I think he would have been um, right. not in that mix in front. He would have definitely been ahead of the rest of the pack, I think. Ahead, around yeah. Andrew Short or better than Andrew Short? No, better than Shorty, I think. he's He would have been ahead. Yeah, he would have been. I kind of see him at the back of the, the fast four or five, whatever it was, but right. clearly ahead of everybody else. That's kind of where I would have faced him. Okay. But total speculation because, like I said, I never saw him ride. Oh, it's speculation. He wouldn't have been ahead of Brayton, though, dude. No way. <laughs> no way, dude. Um, it wouldn't have been ahead of Kennard. I can assure you that. No, there's Once no, there's no chance. There's no chance at that. Hey, Ping, what do you know about Christian Craig? Was he? How come he didn't come back? Is he still jacked up? Yeah, it's not quite ready. His knees. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, he just he's going to focus on the outdoors, I guess. Um, yeah. Riding a 450. Riding a 450 outdoors? That's what I've heard. Yeah. Yep. What's the reasoning? What's the rationale there for the team to do that? Um, More exposure? Extra classes? What's the deal? For one, Christian wanted to. You know, he's, he is a little bit bigger of a kid. He's the 450. He, he did a couple 450 nationals two, two years ago with JGR, with your guys. And he did, oh, yeah. he did, you know, he had some flashes. He got a. I think he was up in like fourth or fifth at Southwick and then tipped over in the last turn, but still got like fifth or sixth. That's pretty good. So he's got speed on 450. Um, his head's got to be in the right place. And, and I think for the team, it was a way to save parts. They've already added Tar Geiger again. So between Cole and Baker and Geiger, and that's a lot of 250 parts. Um, by putting a guy to 450, it saves them some money. Um, because obviously the 450 goes through a lot less engine parts and things. And it spreads out there, you know, where they've got someone every class now, like like they did last year. You know, so. Right. Um, That's good anyway. for a team. I thought that most teams would tell you, oh, yeah, now we got to watch all the practices and we're working on one bike oh. and uh, the crew's got to go out and watch another mode. Like, that actually is good or bad? Or does, well, no, does everyone have an opinion? It's good if you've got the staff and you can do it right. Um, last year, I ran around like a chicken with no head from the pits right. to the track watching WFA 450-250 practices. I mean, I, I would, like, have to stash food in my pockets, and I was back and forth, back and forth all day. It was exhausting. So <clears throat> we needed, you know, and eventually I got to where I had Tara's dad going out and watching the WMA, and, you know, we had to kind of switch it up because it just Hard to do it all and, and come back and still get feedback from the riders and try to, you know, stay involved with what's going on with everybody. So You, you don't need to watch WMA. You should have never done that. Well, I I tried to do <laughs> the right thing. Okay. I'm just saying. Anyway. Hey, um, yeah. um, Weege. Yep. The series that you follow intensely, the Arena Cross series, the one that you oh, yeah. that you live for. 
Uh, Tyler oh, Bowers. Yeah. Tyler Bowers came in, um, and I was a little underwhelmed. I would say. Yeah. I mean, there was the hype. there was some talk of top tens and stuff. I was trying to take anybody's money who would bet it that he yeah. was not going to get top ten, but no one would actually bet the money. I'm like, whatever you got in your wallet, let's bet it. And I would have looked like a genius again, but yeah. uh, no one wanted to lay it out. But I don't know. He did all right. I mean, he made the main. Good for him, for sure. It's not easy to even make the main, but. Uh, he got, I think, actually, progressively, things got tougher throughout the day. Um, when he first, and I think, that, by the way, the top ten talk was based on he's been riding at the Kawasaki track most of the year. And they say on a good day, his times are really good. And then they gave him some additional parts. His bike was a lot faster here than it was for Arena Cross, and then they said he was so much faster that he had to stiffen up the suspension, which made him go even faster. So they were really excited, I think. Um, Kawasaki was helping him. So I think that's where the top ten talk came from. And remember, he immediately jumped out in the B practice and was the fastest guy right off the bat. Right. Which there's some decent guys in there and guys that have raced Supercross this year, which he hasn't. But then the next time they went out, he wasn't the fastest. Then he was okay in the heat, and in the main event was toughest. It almost seemed like he came in with momentum or something and then went backwards. But, I don't know, it's essentially the first race he's doing that this year. He could have been pumped up or right. you know, a little nervous or whatever. I don't know if we can judge based on one race, but yeah, I thought it would be better, too. I think he crashed, is he, too. Is he, yeah. is he doing the next two rounds? Yeah, he is. Yep. I, I, would, I would bet you see better things at him, because a, a kid can ride. Um just that track was a mess. I, I think he probably just struggled with the conditions. I mean, it was, it was softer than Elton John in a strip club out there. <laughs> wow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Um, hey, uh, um, yeah, I, I'm just I'm rattled from that comment. Wow, I can't. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Um, can't recover. Were you saving that the whole time? Uh, which is just kind of. Popped up. Wow, another one. Another one. A gay strip club in that case? Huh? Elton John and a gay strip I tell you, I will say, I don't know if I'm going to bet you any money. I bet you Bowers gets a top ten by the end of the season. Within these next two rounds. Yeah, I don't know about that. You don't think? No. No. You know, we we got a call ping on the... On the I don't pul- know, maybe not. On the Publix show line, uh, well, the, a guy a guy wants to know, and I, I I meant to save the message and play it today, but I forgot. A guy wants to know if Millsaps is a silverback gorilla trying to ride a tricycle. What is Tyler Bowers? Because they had a shot of Bowers and Millsaps next to each other, and Bowers is bigger. <laughs> so, well, you have to put Bowers. You have to put a photo of him with that. Amish beard that he grew that one year. Right, right. <laughs> he doesn't still have that, does he? You know what I'm talking no. about? Yeah, yeah, no, he doesn't no, he have backs that. Down. Yeah, he doesn't Just to make it. himself look even older than he is. <laughs> that beard was You know, he's built like hilarious. a 25-year-old when he was 16, and he, then he was growing a beard at 16. I'm starting to wonder. I know, right? I know. He's, is he Benjamin Button? Like, is he going to be going to be 50 next week? Yeah, I don't know. That's so, funny. Hey, you, you remember these felts, right? Yes. Yeah. Remember Feltz used to yeah. work at Suzuki, and before that he, you know. O'Mara or something? Yeah. He, no, that's Jim uh, Feltz. No, 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 that's Jim Feltz. Different guy. Oh. Billy Feltz was Billy? Uh, Larry Ward's mechanic. Uh, he worked for uh, Cowie Team Green for a while, for a long time. 
yeah, before that he was a team green racer. He was a like a pretty good eighty rider out of you know, team green rider out of California but way back. And he was he was like the Tyler Powers of the eighties. He was a big kid with like a full beard, still riding eighties. Like he could grow a beard and a mustache and he was still riding eighties. And he used to drive himself to the track. <laughs> My dad and I used to laugh all the time because we'd show up and if Billy was there it was like Oh, it's the man boy, you know, like drove himself to the track with his beard and hopped on his 80. Right. Anyway. Was just, he even of driver's license age or was he looked so old no one questioned it and just let him drive? <laughs> I don't know. I think he was 15 and he had to be 15 or 16 out here to get a license. So. Um, uh, yeah, that, that, uh, but, but the funny thing is, is if he, if he was a monster back then, he didn't grow at all anymore because he's not, no. that, not that tall. No. Yeah. No, no, no. I think he was done. He pretty much peaked out at 16. He grew early. Early bloomer. Right. Early bloomer. Um, I watched... Like uh, Bowers. Bowers not that way. I found... Uh, somebody sent me a video, and I used to have it on VHS back when I when I uh, lived up in Canada. Carlsbad Golden State Race, ADCC race. Fro, Chris Neal, Jimmy Button, Gaddis. Oh, just the, the names. Wide open on 80s on Carlsbad. Good, good times. I, I remember that. Is that where Fro crashes or under the tunnel? Yeah, like yeah. washes the front end. Yep. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Yeah, it was on TNT. You know, they used to cover it on TNT. <laughs> um, yeah. Funny thing is, is though they they sure built up Chris Neal, and I don't. Whatever happened to that guy? Yeah, I don't what know. Mickey Thompson Ultracross race once. He did. That much I remember. Wow. He was wow. a short little guy, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I remember him. I don't know what happened. Just good times though. Button very, very, very big on a CR eighty. A monkey. Yeah. Remember? No, you told me monkey. that he had that on the back of his pants. Yeah. At that race, he I bet you he had monkey on the back of his pants. You should have asked him last night. I should have. Yeah. <laughs> he was more jealous about his bicycle ride. He just finished. Yeah. Did he rev it over the jumps? Twenty twenty four hundred oh. miles. He he didn't change his set of tires. That's the most amazing part I that I remember. That's pretty gnarly for him um, to do that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Really, really gnarly. Yeah, it sounded crazy. It sounded like something I would never do. So. Um, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I know. Shocker. Uh, I feel hey, like. What about Hart? He has plates. He had surgery and plates, and he showed Hanny level Hart. No, no one shows Hanny level Hart. No oh, one. Oh, sorry. No one. I, I don't know. Search shark. Search shark. I just. Hey, that Rob Deerdeck guy was at the race this weekend. Yeah, yeah. That's apparently a really big deal. Really? Was it a really big deal? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. People were uh, he, he showed up at Anaheim, and it was the same thing. Yeah, people were like clamoring over themselves to get a look yeah. at him. Like, what is Robin Big? I don't even know. Like, I literally didn't even know what it was. Yeah, I've heard of it. Pop culture. He's a skateboarder guy, but I I don't see, like, a skateboarder showing up at Supercross as doing really anything cool. I mean, it's whatever. It's cool, but, like, it's not not like, oh, wow. Like, you're you're not that far off from a Supercross racer. You're a skateboard dude. We're all in the X Games together, you know? Yeah. I think it's more of his television popularity, though, huh? I mean, I don't think it's that he's a skateboarder. Is it? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. No, it's got to be. This, it's a show. But it's not like, like Ken Griffey Jr. in his prime having his son come out and race the KTM 50 race. Like, that's a big deal. Right, yeah. 
No. Yeah, that and that I, never really propelled our sport into the big time either. No, nope. Um, at, at this point now, I think he claims he's friends with James Stewart instead of the other way around. Yeah, really, huh? I, he's just gone. Hey, was uh, was Damon Smith there this weekend? No. No. No swagger. No swagger. No. No. I'm going to have him on the Pulp Show, though. We've been in contact with really? you on email. Yeah, we've been in contact. Don't stop. I believe someone else has been in contact with you also. Celebrating his rider, uh, dominating uh, the light. Yeah, did event. you get to the bottom? No, no, I'm scared. Uh, I'm scared. Mathis, just call him right now. Won't? <laughs> will he have my number? Just call him right How now. How do you block caller ID before you dial? Call him right now. Because we, Seacrest. we, I know you. He texts you all the time now, right? Seagrest, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. He just, after the main event, he just texted me two wins. Because <laughs> that's all you need to know. Right. right. That's, like, that's it. Two wins. Two wins. All you need to know. You're like, oh, really? Oh, I didn't know that. Um, well, it's like scoreboard, I think. You know what I mean? We don't need to say anything more. Just look at the scoreboard. <laughs> scoreboard, fourth in points. Scoreboard. <laughs> um, um, fourth in points and no hope at the title. But Seeley's got to be a heavy favorite next year, for sure, without a doubt, with his rides. You know, um, he's got to be in that mix of guys. Um, I, I yeah, I, I'll call him today. What so do you, what does he want to talk about? Not call him right now. What does he want to talk about? Huh? What do you think he wants to talk about? I that's what I I can't figure out. I really want to hear it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, hey guys, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on the show. We doing one next week. What do we do? Um, we could just talk about Easter and all the all the eggs we got. Yeah, Andy. Yeah. Do you give? Do you do have anyone any, else? Will you get as Easter much back? candy as I do? Yeah, <laughs> you eat a lot. lot to cover. Do you guys just do you guys just power down like the chocolate bunnies and the eggs, the Cadbury eggs? I, I really don't. I know this may be surprising, but oh. I, I really don't. Um, Can't get enough of them. I don't. We don't have. We don't have of age children in the house. Like you actually. There will be Easter baskets built or and, and, and placed in your house, correct, Ping? Oh, yeah. Yeah, see, then you've got excess. You know, it's like Halloween candy. Everybody steals some Halloween candy for themselves. Ping, so you're, yeah. Ping, you're, you're taking your kids' chocolate and, and eating it. Yeah. Yeah, you're like, hey, I'm a favorite. Yeah. Let, let me see, kids. Uh, Daddy, Daddy thinks that's poisonous. <clears throat> Daddy says that's poison. Trying to keep them away from that uh, type two diabetes, you know. Yeah, you'll you'll, you'll take that bullet. Yeah, I am. I'm jumping in front of that train. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know if we're doing one next week. We'll talk about it later. Um, I don't. I don't know if we should. Yeah, but let me know. I'm not getting up at no seven in the morning to do one again. On, on right here. When I don't have to. So, um, thank you for being on the BTOSports.com Racer X podcast show. Always appreciative. Jason Thomas filling in last week for David Pingree. JT, call me if you want to work out a trade for a small fee. Position is yours, and I will sleep in. <laughs> that has been that has been Jason Thomas's fill. That's what I, the joke I meant to say was Jason Thomas's fill in. David Pingree. Oh, 
<laughs> but I didn't get it wow. out. And uh, and Jason Wygant, as usual. Thank you, gentlemen. And uh, we will uh, reconvene after Salt Lake City. I'm with See ya. See ya. This has been the BTOsports.com podcast show brought to you by RacerX. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like being a dead horse. I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled the pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX on the iTunes Store to enjoy these and many more great podcasts.